Welcome to Inside the Match, where Alex and Simone talk residency applications. We are two residents here to help you navigate the match. For each podcast, we'll bring you residents from various specialties and backgrounds to give advice. So today we are super excited to have Dr. Bradby, who is an emergency medicine program director. So thanks so much for joining us. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And where are you in emergency department attending and what is your official title? So I have the pleasure of being a residency program director uh, and the vice chair for diversity inclusion for the Department of Emergency Medicine at Vidant Medical Center and East Carolina University in Greenville, North Carolina. So we like to start our podcast with some rapid fire questions to learn a little bit more about you. So were you AOA when you were applying to residency? I was. I remember getting told that I was AOA when I was actually on my away rotation for EM. (laughs) Were you gold humanism? I wasn't. So describe what makes a competitive emergency medicine applicant for residency. So I think emergency medicine is a unique specialty because we value pretty much all the things in medicine, right? Like we are a little bit of everybody's specialty. So I think pretty much anything that you do is valuable to us. So if you're a leader in an organization, if you took a large role in uh, your community uh, clinics. So like we have a lot of people here who do uh, some work in the shelter clinic, uh, taking on different roles there. If you're really into research, I would say make sure that you publish in that research or that you have a poster or you've presented on it. Have some sort of product from that research, not just that you did some research on your application. Um, I think volunteerism is important, but it looks better if it was long-term volunteerism. So I like to see that you stayed with the same thing for an extended period of time rather than you volunteered for the March of Dimes walk one year. That's great. And I'm really excited to see that folks are involved in that because premature babies are, you know, that's that's something near and dear to my heart. However, I think that like saying that you uh, helped arrange stuff for the March of Dimes walk throughout the year would be more impressive than just showing up for the walk itself. And a lot of the times, uh, another component of emergency medicine applications is an away rotation. And I'm wondering if you can give us some tips in order to best succeed on an away rotation and what we can do since we only have one opportunity this year. So I think away rotations are your opportunity to see a different place. And so I think that you should look at it not only as like your opportunity to get another letter of recommendation or for emergency medicine, another standard letter of evaluation, but it's also your chance to see how that program operates when they're not having their best day. Like what are they like on any day that ends in Y and not just on the interview day? You get to know the people better, you get to understand how their didactics work better. So make sure you're taking the opportunities during the rotation to understand the program better, not just uh, trying to shine, which you should definitely shine on your away rotation. Don't think that you shouldn't, um, but it is definitely your opportunity to have a long-term interview, not just one interview with that program. I think that the new COPA guidelines advising one away rotation, honestly think that's good. I think that the, the students that have a home program will still have two letters um, and 
I think the vast majority of people will still somehow manage to get two letters, to be honest. Uh, I personally am only looking for one letter this year. If you have another letter, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. Um, I think it is harder to get rotations now than it may have been before uh, because I know places are restricted in terms of how many people they can have uh, rotate and whatnot. So I'm definitely not gonna hold that against students. And I think overall as a specialty, uh, we are more open-minded now than we ever have been before about things like uh, the number of standard letters of evaluation uh, than we ever, ever have been previously. That's really helpful to hear and eases the anxiety when people are thinking about having only one opportunity and having those one to two letters that, that you guys are requiring. And, you know, another important part of an application that people dread writing is the personal statement. It takes a lot of time, it's anxiety provoking, and it means so much to a lot of people when they're applying. And so I'm curious how you feel that personal statements factor into somebody's emergency medicine application. So while I know that the personal statement is your one chance to say whatever you want uh, to the program director and the residency administration team and that that is the only place where you really get to kind of tell your story. I think it's important that you remember that everybody is getting to tell their story and so everybody got similar advice about their personal statement but I have found that personal statements come in a bell curve. The top five percent get remembered because they were just that interesting and awesome for whatever reason. Someone talked about getting kidnapped twice in their lifetime and kind of built their whole personal statement around that. I will always remember that personal statement because it was so unique. The next 90% of personal statements uh, talk about people's time in EMS, their leadership experience, uh, how they came to emergency medicine, how they liked everything in medicine, but didn't love anything. And so emergency medicine was the best mix of it all. And that's great. But those personal statements are not particularly memorable, but they don't hurt you at all. And maybe they kind of help you, but mostly they don't hurt you. And that is a good thing. I would say aim for the 90% and accidentally hit the top 5%. Then there's that bottom 5% that everybody remembers because you said something so heinous in it or offensive that they just can't forget it. And those personal statements hurt you. Don't be that person. So it sounds like we're trying to stay in the 90, which seems like a good place to be. So, you know, a lot of the times uh, program directors read so many applications and personal statements must get boring after a while, but I'm curious if there's like any cliche topics that we should really avoid, especially in an emergency medicine application. I think that you should try to make sure that your personal statement represents you. And I think that a lot of people write a lot about their EMS experience and somehow come off as an adrenaline junkie and they are the furthest thing from that. And so just making sure that the personal statement actually reflects who you are as a person um, and not necessarily like what you think of emergency medicine kind of as a whole. The other thing is I think you should take the time to really showcase who you are and not necessarily what you have done. And what I mean by that is your personal statement should not be a reiteration of all the things in your CV. If you would like to discuss some of the things in your CV and highlight those experiences as uplifting and enriching and, and give maybe more explanation about them and how it led you to EM, 
then that's fine. But simply kind of listing more things that you've already talked about in your CV is not particularly helpful. So let's say that I really want to come to your program. I'm curious if you recommend that I individualize my personal statement to tell you why I'm truly excited about living and working in Greenville. So I think that if you, if we are like your number one program or the top three programs, sure, I'll read it. Um, the more personalized it is, the, the more helpful it is to me. However, I would definitely not suggest that you spend time your individualizing your personal statement for every single program. Uh, and the reason why is because let's say you apply to 30 programs. If you were editing 30 personal statements, the likelihood of you messing up and sending the wrong personal statement to the wrong program is actually quite high. And that is gonna be so much more stress on you as an applicant when I'll be honest, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, I think that if you're trying to tell me in that personal statement that you are from the next county over and grew up here and there's no way to reflect that in your application anywhere else, then great, that, that's something that I think might be worth saying in there. But if you're just kind of trying to sell us on, on you wanting to come here, I'm not sure that's a great use of your time. So it sounds like showing interest in a program can be through an away rotation and maybe not best to do it through every single personal statement. So I'm curious if you have other ways in which we can express interest in a particular program within emergency medicine. So the people who are the biggest advocates for students are the residents by far. And the residents for many programs, including my own, have definitely gone above and beyond in doing things like uh, Twitter chats and Instagram lives, which I still don't understand, but they do them uh, and have a lot of fun with it. They've also been doing Zoom hangouts and Google hangouts and it's a good way for you as an applicant to understand more about the program and to get to meet the people, but they also get to meet you. And so if the residents love you, they come and say, hey, Dr. Bradby, we met XYZ123 uh, on, the, on the Instagram live today and they are so cool. Did you know that they are into name the cool thing here? Um, and I'll remember that because if the residents like you, that means that you're somebody that they want to hang out with, that you're somebody that they want as their colleague. Um, so I think going to a lot of those things is actually helpful if it's a place that you're interested in. It also helps you decide if that is actually a place that you're interested in, because you could equally go and be like, nah, I don't like them. They're, they're weird. So a lot of the times an interview can be incredibly anxiety provoking. So I'm curious if you can give us a little bit of a hint of what a typical emergency medicine interview looks like. So a typical emergency medicine residency interview, I would say you interview with at least one resident, the, generally the residency director, and then a spattering of faculty that may include the APDs, it may include a chief resident, um, it may include the chair of the department. Uh, but really, by the time you're getting to the interview, everybody is just trying to figure out like, are you cool? Do they like you? Like, <laughs> Are, are you the person that you know, are you the same person in person that you are on paper? Um, would we get along well with you at three in the morning? 
Uh, would we enjoy asking you about like whatever it is you're into rock climbing uh, at two in the morning in the middle of patients or whatnot? Because, you know, everybody gets bored in the middle of the night. That's when we find out the most interesting things about each other. So I think the biggest thing on your interview day is making sure that one, if you're there in person, come prepared to walk around because you're going to walk around in the ED. You may or may not see more of the hospital than that. The, but let's be real, nothing else is more important than the emergency department. Um, so you should have some shoes that walk well. You should have some folders type stuff so that you can take some good notes because all of those presentations about the program are going to sound exactly the same by the end of the year. And I think my number one kind of thing for your residency interview, given that we're now virtual, or at least some stuff will be virtual, is just being aware of like plan B. And so if your interview day gets derailed for whatever reason, your internet screws up, uh, your computer dies, whatever, whatnot, have somebody's contact info at the program, particularly the program coordinator, so that you can have another plan. If that is calling in from your cell phone and we have that conversation, we interview by phone, or you do your interview via Zoom on your phone, we've done that. Um, nobody's going to hold it against you. Things happen. So just having a backup plan for the virtual uh, season, I think, is important. And how you adapt to those stressors and challenges on your interview day also shows a lot about you. So it's important, it sounds like, to stay calm and also just have other opportunities and ways in which you can hop back on Zoom if something were to malfunction. Yes. So, you know, a lot of interviews are also stressful in that we don't know what exactly is going to be asked. There is so much involved in preparing our ERAS application, and we wonder exactly what people care about and want to know about us. So what are some questions that you like to ask about on the interview trail or that we might be able to expect during the interview? Oh, I love to ask like really inane things. Um, I have been known to ask who is your favorite superhero and why, um, for, and I have no good reason for that. I just like hearing the answers. I really like superheroes in general. Uh, so I've asked that multiple years. Uh, I will often ask what is your favorite book or what book you would suggest I read, particularly if you list reading as a hobby. Um, I will ask you sometimes to tell me about your hobbies, if it's something I've never heard of or teach me something about it. Um, if it's a work experience or a volunteer experience uh, that I have never heard of, I might inquire more about it. Um, if you did Teach for America, tell me about that, that kind of thing. We rarely ask about research unless uh, something about that research is particularly poignant uh, or relevant to our department or we know the people that you did the research with. It is a very small world. Uh, so make sure that if you have specific things in research like on your application, you can actually talk about that because it is very likely, especially if you did an emergency medicine, that one of us is going to know uh, the person that you did the research with. So make sure you can kind of follow up on your project and know what happened at the end and that kind of thing. And after seeing so many applicants come through, I'm just curious if there's any pitfalls that people have made, not only during the application process, but also during interviews. Someone told my residency coordinator that her opinion didn't matter last year. Oh, not good. Yeah, little do they know her opinion matters the most. <laughs> um, 
and they quickly lost their interview spot. Um, we just made it so that they couldn't reschedule. Uh, and then I think that the other thing is just recognizing what it is you wrote in your application. So if you talk about how you like long walks on the beach with your dog, Honey, I'm gonna ask about Honey and you're gonna look confused because you're gonna be like, how did you know my dog's name was Honey? It's cause you told me, <laughs> you put it in there. Um, so make sure that you know, you're able to, to talk about whatever it is you put in there and know, know what you put in there. The other thing um, is make sure that if you are able to read your MSPE, read it because you need to know what it is they said so that you can explain it to me if there's some weirdness in it. An example would be they taught, they mentioned that you had a professionalism issue and it's the MSPE is always very vague about what that is. If they write it in there, I'm going to ask you, what was the issue and will it be a problem going forward? Um, hopefully the answer is, this is what it was. It was something silly. I messed it up. My bad. I'll never do that again. And then I'll be like, cool, moving on. Um, but I think it's important that you know it's there so that you're not surprised when someone asks about it. That's really helpful. And you recognize that anything can be written in that MSPE and all you need to do is just glance at it in order to be able to talk about some of those pitfalls or some of those issues that may have occurred during your medical school time. So, you know, following you on Twitter at NotSoLittleMD is a great way to learn about a lot of opportunities in emergency medicine. And I'm just curious if you have any other tips for learning about the field or connecting with mentors in emergency medicine, especially in those you know, programs that may not have emergency medicine as residency opportunities for applicants. So I've been really lucky to be involved in amazing national organizations for emergency medicine. And in the past few years, they have all worked really hard at trying to be more open to students and more available for mentoring. And so the American College of Emergency Physicians in conjunction with the Emergency Medicine Residents Association have actually created a mentoring program. And all you have to do is like sign up online as long as you're a member of EMRA. Uh, so that's one way. The other thing is uh, the Society of Academic Emergency Medicine has also created a resident and medical student section. Uh, it's not that old, it's probably maybe five or six years old at most at this point. Uh, and they've done a lot in terms of advising panels, uh, group discussions, that kind of thing, just to walk you through the process of applying to emergency medicine. And they're also working together with the other organizations in terms of creating a mentoring program. So I think that's a good way to get involved. Uh, the other nice thing about that is you'll meet a lot of people in EM and people will recognize your name. Uh, and it's a nice way to just kind of get involved with things like from a ground level. Those are great ideas to get involved throughout medical school. And you've given us so many awesome tips in order to prepare our application and get ready for interviews in emergency medicine. So I'm curious if you have anything else you'd like to offer or add about the application or the residency interview process. I think the biggest thing is like, this is gonna suck up a lot of your time and you should have fun with it. Like make sure that you have figured out ways to enjoy yourself. If you get to travel this year, 
Make sure you schedule some time to do something cool in that city. See something unique. Try a new restaurant. If you're stuck at home doing the virtual interview season, I'm sorry. I feel your pain. Uh, but you, you could find new ways to have some interesting background. Redecorate your room if you want to. Um, things like Target and uh, different Wayfair have had really interesting things that you can buy for super cheap uh, to kind of redecorate. Uh, if you're so interested, but have fun with the process. Uh, I think the other thing, the very last thing I'm going to tell you about the application process is have your friends read your application, have your parents read your application, have anybody that knows and loves you read it so that they can make sure that this actually represents who you are. And they can also remind you of the cool things that you did in the past few years that you honestly just forgot about. Well, I love that redecorating tip. It gives you a reason to go to Target or go to Wayfair and have some fun and redesign and then look even better on the camera. So even though virtual may not always be best, there are definitely some advantages and there are some great ways to have fun with it that you've already suggested. So we like to end our podcast by having you share a fun fact. So Dr. Bradby, you've given us so many suggestions to prepare for emergency medicine interviews, but share us a, a fun fact about you. Fun fact, let's see. Uh, my fun fact that nobody who knows me well would be surprised by is that I have over 50 pairs of shoes uh, and I am still buying. So <laughs> uh, if you have interesting shoes, I am always down uh, to hear more about your shoes. Oh, very cool. Well, that's all the time we have today with Dr. Bradby. Thanks for joining us at Inside the Match. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for the music and be sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast. Catch our next podcast to learn more application tips and hear from another awesome leader in medical education.